Well, we are currently in a series we're calling Red. Our subtitle is Words of Hope. Have you ever needed some words of hope? You know, in most Bibles, the words of Jesus are printed in red. I don't know about in your Bible, but in most Bibles, the words of Jesus are printed in red. And these are the words that we are going to focus on in this series. And by the way, Pastor Sean began last Sunday, and he did a great, great job. In fact, you know, I tell my guys, when I'm gone, you guys do a really good job, but don't do as good a job as I would do. I think Pastor Sean might have crossed the line on that. Well, today, we're going to talk about hope for life's disappointments. Have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever been disappointed? If you're alive, you have. See, disappointment comes from every direction, doesn't it? People disappoint us. Have you ever had anyone disappoint you? People disappoint us. Positions disappoint us. You know, if I could just have that position, we get it, and then we find disappointment. Possessions disappoint us. Pleasure disappoints us. Broken promises disappoint us. How many of you feel disappointed now? In Luke chapter 5, the story is recorded of some disappointed disciples. Let's read the story. It's found in Luke chapter number 5, beginning with verse number 1. The Bible says, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him, speaking about Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do you or do not be afraid? From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. I want to call your attention to to three things in this story. The first thing I want us to look at today is I want us to look at the facts. And the facts are found in the first five verses. Here's the first fact this morning. That is knowing Jesus doesn't release us from disappointment. Knowing Jesus doesn't release us from disappointment. In this story, Jesus had already began his ministry. Peter, James, and John had, had been eyewitnesses already of some of the miracles of Jesus. Peter had already had Jesus into his home as a guest. There was already a relationship forming. 
And yet, even though Peter had a relationship with Jesus, that didn't release him from life's disappointments. When Jesus comes to where Peter, James, and John are, they are clearly disappointed. They were fishermen, and yet, although they were fishermen, yet, after fishing all night long, they are now staring into empty nets. I mean, no, that's disappointing. When you are a professional fisherman, when that is your livelihood, when you are depending upon the amount of fish in the net that will determine how you are going to live, and now you are looking into empty nets, how many would agree with me that would be a disappointment? You know, sometimes we think that Because we are Christians, because we have a personal relationship with Jesus, somehow, somehow we have begun to, we, 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 we begin to believe and think that that should release us from all of life's disappointments. Somehow we think that, and maybe even to some degree have even been taught that, that Jesus, because we love Jesus and because we serve Jesus, that, that Jesus should exempt us from all of the troubles and the heartaches and the difficulties and the problems of life. But where did we get that idea? Where did we get that idea? The Bible certainly does not teach this line of thinking. The fact, the fact is, knowing Jesus doesn't release us from disappointment. And the fact is, this morning, we can do everything right, and things can still turn out wrong sometimes. Verse 5, Peter said to Jesus, Master, Master, we have toiled all night long, and we have caught nothing. Have you ever had that experience? Ever had that experience? You did everything right. You dotted every I, you crossed every T, you planned your work, and then you worked your plan, and yet although you did everything right, things still turned out wrong. We're talking about the facts right now. Fact number three is sometimes Jesus will ask us to do what we don't really want to do. Ever experienced that? Verse 4, Jesus said to Peter, launch this boat out into the deep waters and let down your nets for a catch. No doubt Peter was thinking, what you talking about, Willis? Do what? Do what? Remember, remember Peter was a professional fisherman. Jesus was a carpenter. We got the carpenter telling the fisherman how to fish. Happens every Sunday. <laughs> Peter knew when to fish. He knew where to fish. He knew how to fish. He knew he had exhausted all of his ability. He knew he had done everything he could do to bring fish into the nets. He had been fishing all night. He was tired. He no doubt was discouraged. He probably was a little bit ticked off. And besides that, he had already washed his nets. And that was a job. And he had already washed his nets and put them away. Hear me this morning. Sometimes Jesus will ask us to do what we really don't want to 
But not only do I want us to take a look at the facts, but the second thing that we can see in this story this morning, I want us to take a look at the faith. Take a look at the faith. In this story, we see three things that faith does. First of all, I would suggest that faith rejects temporary feelings. Verse number five, Peter said to Jesus, Master, we've toiled all night long and caught nothing. Nevertheless, say nevertheless. Nevertheless, or regardless of how I feel. Peter was saying on the inside, Lord, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. It doesn't make any sense. And besides that, what I really want to do is go home and go to bed. Here's what we can learn from this. Faith rejects temporary feelings. Actually, faith and feelings are often polar opposites. And here's what I know, and that is true faith trumps feelings every time. Notice the second thing about faith that we learn from this story, and that is faith responds to a word from the Lord. Faith responds from a word to a word from the Lord. The truth is, Peter, Peter would not have done this for anybody other than Jesus. How many believe that? I don't believe that he would have cast his net one more. I don't think he would have done it for anybody else but Jesus. Verse 5 again, he said, Master, Master, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, say at your word. Lord, at your word, I'm going to let down the net. I'm not going to do this, Lord. I will not do this for anyone but you, Lord, but because you tell me to out of love and out of honor and out of respect for you. Not because I understand it, not because I want to, not because of any other reason than the simple fact of who told me to do it. Write this down this morning. Peter's faith was not in the process, but in the person. His faith was not in the process. It was not in the going out into the deep. It was not in casting the net. He, he, he had been in all the water all night long. He had cast the net a hundred, hundred times. His faith was not in the process, but it was in the person, the person of Jesus. Learn this lesson this morning. Faith responds to a word from the Lord. In John chapter 2, when Jesus went with his mother to a wedding, that's a good son right there. You know what I'm saying? That's a, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, weddings are beautiful and all that, but the ladies love them, but the men are just there. They come kicking and, scream, and screaming. Actually, they go because they don't want their wife to be kicking and screaming, so they go. Well, wow. That was really nice of Jesus to go. Jesus went with his mother to a wedding. And the Bible says that the host ran out of wine to serve his guests. And in that day, that would have been so, even today, but especially that day, would have been the height of embarrassment. Jesus' mother went to Jesus for help. How many know we need to know who to go to in time of need? The Bible says that, Je- that, that Jesus' mother gathered the servants together and, they, and she said to them, and she pointed to her son Jesus, and, he, and she said to them, whatever he says to you to do, you do it. Whatever he says, do it. 
And what Jesus told them to do didn't make sense if you know the story. But because Jesus told them to do it, they simply did it. And the result was the first miracle Jesus ever performed as the water turned into wine. Often in the midst of life's disappointments, we receive a word from the Lord. And often this word doesn't make sense to us. But because of our faith and, and because of who said it to us, we obey. We might not really want to. We may not feel like it. It may not make sense to us. But genuine faith responds to a word from the Lord. Notice the third thing we can learn about faith in this story, and that is faith refuses to doubt. Verse 5, one more time. Peter said, we have fished all night long and we have empty nets. But because you say so, I will let down the net. Peter was saying, Lord, my, my feelings say no, but my faith says yes. My feelings say I don't want to, but my faith says I will. Ever been there? I have. Lord, do you want me to give what? Lord, do you want me to go where? Lord, do you want me to minister to whom? Lord, do you want me to do this when? Faith refuses to doubt. Now, perhaps a better way to say this is faith refuses to dwell on doubt. Or it refuses to live in doubt or to walk into, in doubt. See, everyone is tempted to doubt. And everyone succumbs to doubt sometimes. But faith rises above it. Faith chooses to not allow it to cripple them or stop them. Faith refuses to dwell, to live, to walk in doubt. James chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 says, Ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. See, it's Satan's job to try and make us doubt. It's his job in his job description. Oh, listen, the devil arranges circumstances and situations. He speaks negative words and depressing words and demoralizing words into our ears. He tells us all the reasons why we can't or why we shouldn't or why we are not qualified or worthy. Perhaps the devil spoke to Peter and said, you have fished all night long. You have cast your nets a hundred times and look, look, they are empty. Why would you want to cast them one more time? You've already cleaned them up. Why would you want to do this? You've already cleaned them. You've, you've had enough disappointment for one night. Oh, oh, certainly the devil would say to Peter, just tell Jesus no. Thanks, Jesus, but no thanks. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, don't need another one, but no, no, no. No, no, sir, no, Peter, no, no. Peter says, I, I'm going to refuse to doubt because Jesus said to do it. And only because Jesus said to do it, I will do it. Hear me, friends, in the midst of life's disappointments, we need to be listening intently for the voice of the Lord. And he will, he will speak to us if we will listen. Oh, pastor, you talk about the Lord speaking to you. I sure wish the Lord spoke to me. He does. You're just not listening. He will speak to us if we will listen. 
He will give us directions for what we need to do next if we will listen and be willing to obey. When life offers up our latest disappointment, we have a choice to make. We can either feed our feelings or we can feed our faith. And here's what I know this morning, and that is if we, if we feed our feelings, our feelings will get the best of us and we will certainly fail. But if we feed our faith, our faith will steady us and we will overcome our temporary setback and march on to eventual victory. All right, we've taken a little look at the facts and a little bit at the faith. Notice the third thing we can learn from this story. Notice the fruit. And you can find the fruit in verses 5 through 11. I want to just give you three quick things here this morning. First of all, there's always a reason for life's disappointments. There's always a reason for life's disappointments. Now, we might not, not know what the reasons are. We might not understand the reasons. We might not even agree. I don't always agree with God. I, don't, I believe all of this book, but I don't agree with all of it because I'm a man. I'm a human, and God's not human. I, you know, we're not on the same plane. We're not on the same level. We don't think the same way. And there's some things in this book I don't, I, 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 I believe it, and, you know, but I don't agree. I wouldn't have done it that way. You know, God should have consulted me. <laughs> have given him some wisdom on that. How many are with me this morning? If you're not, you hadn't read this book. And if you think you got this all book all figured out, well, you got other problems too. <laughs> A lot to this book, amen? We may not know what the reasons are. We might not understand the reason. We might not even agree with the reasons. But there's always a reason for life's disappointments. And God is always at work. He's always, we may not be able to see him or hear him or touch him or know. We may not not think God is anywhere near, but he is always, always, always at work in our life. And he uses everything that happens to us. Now, Hear me clearly, I didn't say he causes everything that happens to us, but I said he uses everything that happens to us. Here's what I've learned. That is, we are interested in our comfort. He is interested in our character. We are interested in what we have. He is interested in the condition of our heart. We are interested in the temporal. He is interested in the eternal. There's always a reason for life's disappointments. And number two, our reaction to disappointment will determine its impact on us and on others. Find it in verse 6 through 10. Although Peter, James, and John were disappointed in the results of their night's work, because they were willing to cast their nets one more time at the command of Jesus, through faith and through obedience, their empty nets became full. But not just their nets. The Bible says there was another boat out there with them. There always is. Always another boat. Everything we do affects others. That's 
why we need to be so careful what we say and what we do and where we go. It's because it's not just, well, it's just me. Just get to know me. Just, just deal with me. No, no, no. Listen, it's not just you. But everything you say and everything you do affects others. There's other boats on the sea. Whether it's positive or negative, our reaction to disappointment will determine its impact. Yes, on us, but not just us, but also on others. Because Peter obeyed the Lord and cast the net again. Even those that were out there in the other boat were blessed. How many know we're blessed to be a blessing? By the way, how are you reacting to your current disappointment? Because people are watching. You're not making an impression on people when you win the lottery. And you shouldn't be playing the lottery. (laughs) But if you do, we'll take your time. Amen. (laughs) Come on, I'm just having a little fun this morning. You say, you would really take the time? Absolutely. I'd say the Lord supplied and the devil delivered. Amen. (laughs) Where in the world did that come from? (laughs) People are watching. They're watching. (laughs) Went into uh, in and out the other day and one of our Young ladies of our church were sitting there. I said, oh, no, I've got to behave now. <laughs> I mean, no, we need to be behaving whether or not there's, we know there's something. Because there is somebody watching. Amen. Hear me this morning. You're not the only boat on the water. When it comes to others, when it comes the other, to others, let me ask you this morning, are you a blessing or are you, are you a burden? Are you a help or are you a hindrance? No, I'm not going there. I almost went down a road. I'm not going down. Notice the third thing here. Disappointment helps to refine us so that we are better qualified for our true calling in life. Let's read verses 10 and 11 again. It says, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let me understand our true calling in life is not to be a fisherman. Our true calling in life is not to be a carpenter, it's not to be a plumber, it's not to be an accountant or an engineer or a teacher or, 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 or that we could mention this morning. Our true calling is to be a fisher of men. Our true calling is to work for God and to represent Christ. God sometimes allows disappointment in order to refine us so that we are better qualified for our true calling in life. Our takeaway for the message today is simply this life's disappointments are inevitable. Life's dis- you're going to be disappointed. If you haven't been, you will be. It's just a matter of fact. Life's disappointments are inevitable. 
And they can make us bitter or they can make us better. They can make us or they can break us. They will cause us to run to him or away from him. The choice is ours. Father, I thank you for the word this morning. Lord, not the little sermon, but Father, the true word of God that has been shared today. God, I just pray today, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning, Lord, there, they've experienced or they are experiencing one of life's disappointments today. God, help them today to understand that God, even though they're disappointed, you, you got their back. And you, you have not forsaken them. And Lord, Lord, you are there for them and you have a reason and a purpose for it and you're going to use it. Maybe you, you did not necessarily cause it, but Lord, you're going to, you're going to use it, Father. You're going to use it. And God, you're going to, if they will allow you to, you will show yourself strong in their life and you will help them and lead them through the temporary disappointment they're experiencing.